Hello, this is Bittersweet Ramblings. It's a podcast where I take a movie, a TV show, music video, some type of piece of art like that, audio or visual, and then I just run with it. Usually trying to take a look at some type of human interaction in there. Today I'm going to take a look at the movie Paranorman. So let's get started. So at this time of year, they have a ton of the Hallmark movies, specifically the Hallmark Christmas movies. And a ton of them are about going back to a small town, you know, where the where the people are nice and friendly and things are slower and they just want to help each other out. Pretty sure m- most of these writers don't know the inner workings of a small town all that well. Because... Most of the inner workings of a small town are like walking on a spider's web. You, you, you walk very carefully and you do everything you can to avoid stepping on the wrong thread. An example of stepping inadvertently on a wrong thread was when we were growing up, we had a neighbor, uh, her name was Nadine, and she had a whole line of lilac bushes. There were about six or seven lilac bushes. It was spring and they were heavy with the blooms, you know, so much so that it was just purple and they were hanging just all of them in a row. And they were next to the alley. Now, if the name didn't tip you off, Nadine was a little bit fussy. She did not like anyone touching anything she had at all. She was really, really fussy. So at this time, me and my sister and two friends of ours were walking down the alley and they wanted to pick a couple of branches for their mom so they could have some lilacs, you know, at their dinner table. And as they were starting to take them down, my mom caught us. She, you know, she's sitting there and she's, you know, whispering, you know, what, what do you think you're doing? Don't touch Nadine's lilacs for the love of... Just, no, you two need to go home. You don't touch her lilacs. Now, the branches that my friends had grabbed were already broken. And then they started kind of, you know, tearing up a bit and saying, you know, they just wanted a couple of branches for their mom. So my mom's like, fine. And she went ahead and finished breaking them off and pulling the branches. At which point... Nadine said hello to my mom from the other side of the bushes. And then, you know, Nadine said, well, you know, it's okay. You can go ahead and and take some of the, you know, lilacs. As long as you leave enough for me to put on my mother's grave. See, that's the type of, let's call it subtlety that you'll find in a small town. It's not that, you know, they're going to come out to your face and yell at you. They're just going to do a little guilt trip and then uh, you're going to be like my mom. You're going to be walking on eggshells around Nadine for a while until something comes along to kind of balance those scales out a little bit. You know, she manages to help her out in some way or Nadine does something to kind of balance the score. Another movie that really seemed to be focused on small town type living, but from a different perspective, was the movie Paranorman. Now, Paranorman 
as a movie should have been a complete winner of a movie for me. Absolutely everything about this movie should have drawn me in. It involves stop motion. I love stop motion. It's my favorite type of animation. And I love animation. It involves old horror movies. I love old horror movies, like the old school ones. It is a small town, which I'm very familiar with having grown up in a small town. There are strange things happening. Everything about this really should be in my happy place. But I did not like the story at all. It was preachy. It was really preachy. And as somebody who was hauled to church every Sunday, K through 12, I am very familiar with preachy and judgy. All kinds of judgment there. The thing that makes me really sad is that the animation in Paranorman is incredible. It's, it's stellar and it's unique. I wish that the care that they'd taken to put into the animation had been put into the storyline because it, it needed some tightening up. And it's not because it was ill-intentioned at all. If anything, the entire movie seemed to be bits and pieces of wish fulfillment. The movie was filled with wish fulfillment. And it's not that I don't appreciate wish fulfillment, it's just when every piece of it is someone else's wish and it's put in there to fulfill that wish, it's just fragmented. And that's what the movie was to me, it was just a lot of fragments that were kind of put together. In the movie, there's a lot of focus on being different versus being normal. Usually the people, to be honest, who freak me out are the people who are too normal. You'll have some people who are so focused on being normal that they are actively doing things to make themselves quote-unquote more normal based on what they think normal is. And what they think normal is is usually based on a sitcom or something they've seen on TV or, you know, what they talk about in church. And if that changes, they'll change with it. Now, I come from a small town where everybody is trying really hard to fit in. I mean, not just a small town, a town that doesn't even qualify as a town. It is a village. It is too small to be a town. We knew everybody and it was rural. So it wasn't like you could just go the next town over to meet different people. You're 45 minutes from the nearest movie theater. So I was around a lot of people who were doing everything that they could to be normal to the point, again, where it could get a little scary. Uh, this doesn't mean that different is always good. There are some people who are very odd in a dangerous way, like the creepy stalker in Paranorman, the one who's running around taking pictures of Norman and posting them and was weirdly unhelpful in addition to being a stalker. Like, he kept making obscure references to Norman taking over his job of, you know, keeping the ghost in line and all that, but not telling him what the job was or what he had to do, which was to go to a tree and read a fucking bedtime story from a book. Like, there's nothing obscure about that. They, This is where the storyline could have been tightened up. You know, find tree, read story, see? That's, I told them what to do in four words, and they had tons of words that meant nothing and didn't tell them what to do. It's like 
The obscure references in the movie were done just to fill time, and instead of filling it with character development or, you know, making something more interesting out of it, they just made everything into a guessing game. And I don't like guessing games without a payoff. I love guessing games, to a point, but there's got to be some kind of payoff. And if that payoff is, you know, just making things more complicated for everyone, then that's, that's not really a guessing game. In the movie, you know, they, they made them go to like this weird hall of records, basically so they could, you know, burn down a library. Or, you know, I like, I think it was to show how, you know, uh, uneducated the populace of the town was or how they're mob-like or something. There were a ton of references in the movie to everyone not reading. Like, to the point where they couldn't spell dead, which was a little much. And, you know, it was an attempt to make Norman or Paranorman smarter than everybody else. He's a teenage kid. So, he's not. He's just not. The adults in the movie don't seem to be able to act like adults either. It seems like the kids who the movie are centered around are the ones who are consistently taking the adult role. Them and the ghost. So the entire movie seems to be written from a kid's perspective before that kid had time to grow up and reflect on the story and realize that nobody was trying to burn down the building but when he climbed to the top of the building they were trying to get what they thought was a suicidal preteen off the roof of the Hall of Records. Additionally, in the movie Paranorman, there was a point where they are trying to get Norman away from the zombies who he had by then befriended. Yeah, they're trying to get him away from the zombies because they're zombies. Some daft kid thinking he can communicate with zombies before some testing by scientists or medical examiners had been done. That, that would be a cause for concern. Who knows what contaminants these things have? They've been dead for years, and now they're walking around talking. I would be a little concerned. You know, it's not like you hear people running around saying, Save the zombies a lot. With good reason. Again, dead. Diseases. Plagues. It's Check that stuff first. Then you can befriend zombies. The other thing about the movie was that... The adults in the town were surprisingly ready to riot, like, really quickly. Like, it was odd. It, it's a movie that's set in a fairly current time, and yet they were able to bring out torches and, like, pitchforks just on, you know, a snap of the fingers, and there they were. I know that the movie Frankenstein would give you the impression that in a small town, torches and pitchforks are really commonplace. You know, like everyday sort of riot gear. You know, oh, the gas station closed at 5.59 instead of 6? Riot. Decaf instead of caffeinated at the bakery? Riot. They're out of cabbage at the grocery store? Major riot. But it doesn't work that way. In a small town, they're not, they're going to get upset but they're more likely to try to talk things through. So for them to get needlessly aggressive just doesn't make sense. It's usually much more subtle. They're going to find other ways to either force someone out or get them to talk because words can be effective and that's how things are handled. 
because in a small town, if you backhand someone, it's going to come back on you. Again, I come from a very rural village and you have to be very careful about how you interact with people in a small town because you are going to have to consistently deal with them again and their family and their friends. And you may need something from them probably sooner rather than later. Anytime you deal with someone in or from a small town, you have to understand who they normally interact with, who they don't, who they're friends with, who their family is, and when and how you're going to have to deal with them again. Everyone is very reliant on everyone else. So the default, the standard, is that you're going to smile and be nice. If you flip off old Johnny the stop sign for nearly running you over, young Johnny's going to probably come rip you a new one for being mean to daddy. Even though daddy's blind and he's driving around with, you know, bald tires and not paying attention to the road and not paying attention to the stop signs, that doesn't matter because everybody's just supposed to look out for old Johnny. Now keep in mind, when you are in a small town and everybody's smiling and waving, they're smiling while they're talking out of the side of their mouth to the person next to them about what they saw you doing on Saturday night or what they didn't see you doing on Saturday night, and they are telling everybody. It's really similar to the Truman Show, but without the cameras, just tons and tons of, you know, eyes just watching you and keeping track of where you are because they want to know where they stand. Because in a very small town, it's very important to know your place. You know where you're supposed to be, and you can't really change it up that often, because that's going to throw off the balance. And in a small town, that balance is really important. People who live in these small towns, they are heavily invested in their farms. They are heavily invested in their homes. Most likely, that farmland or that home has been in that family for generations. And they don't want to be the ones to screw it up and to have to sell everything off. Part of that is getting along with the neighbors. So, if they have a party, you're going to that party. If they have a sale, you are going to that sale. If their kid is graduating, you're getting their kid something. And if their dog died, you're going to that dog's funeral. And if you were the one who ran over the dog, you're going to run like hell to make sure they don't know that you did it. And then you're going to curse out the bastard maniac teenage drivers in town who clearly killed the dog. Because you didn't, Earl. It was a teens. So, in the movie Paranorman, it really feels like there were multiple versions of the script and they were trying to keep all the parts that different people liked without recognizing how they would fit in the storyline. It's, it's like they looked at the pictures first and then they just kind of shuffled them and kind of slammed them together and said, hey, here's, here's how the storyline's going to go. Here's how, can we can, here's how we can connect these. So none of it really seems to fit. The other part of the movie that really struck me was the beginning where Norman or Paranorman is walking into the high school and all of the kids are turning around and staring at him like all of the kids are actively turning around and staring at him now you have to understand on his way to school paranorman is 
greeting every ghost he sees. Which means that to those kids, it looks like he is talking to air the entire time he's walking to school. So there is no way that this is going to happen. Those kids aren't going to stare at him. They are actively going to avoid looking at him, interacting with him, or dealing with him. He's that weird kid who's talking to air. Nobody wants to mess with that. Even school kids are aware that you don't mess with that. And that takes a lot because school kids, you know, they're, they're teenagers. And once in a while, they'll talk about, you know, I hear people say, oh, you know, I want to go back to high school. I want, or I want to go back to high school with the knowledge I have now. I mean, to those people, I just can't help but say, are you out of your fucking mind? You, you want to have a ton of adult knowledge in a teenage body? And, and to be around nothing but a bunch of high school jackasses? Hey, and it's not like you're going to be able to leave school after a week or two of listening to a bunch of verbal nonsense. You're stuck until you graduate. Every one of those teenagers is a dumbass in some way, shape, or form. I mean, we're all dumbasses in high school. That's how you're able to tolerate each other in high school. Because you're all idiots. And that's the only way you're able to tolerate each other. And it's not like you, with the adult knowledge, you're going to be able to go hang out in the teacher's lounge. You're going to be listening to nothing but stupid shit with the occasional profound thought to give you hope for the future... And then it's going to be back to stupid shit. That sounds like its own unique version of hell. So I don't understand why anyone would volunteer for that. Quite honestly, if you hear someone talking about high school and how they want to go back, run. Run away. The, there's something wrong with that person who has not thought that through. So anyway, those are my thoughts on Paranorman. Next week, I'm going to be talking about The Matrix and social media. So hopefully that'll be interesting. Have a good night.